0: Hello, I'm Crystal Craven, a singer, songwriter, and worship leader who's passionate about sharing what God inspires, and this is your weekly devotional. Have you ever read through Ephesians 6, 10 through 11 on the whole armor of God and thought, That seems like a lot of work to put on, and maybe it feels even impossible to do every day. Let's break it down a bit, because it's really an important part of our life, and it's not one that we're actually expected to do on our own. Before we look at the details of the armor, it's important to remember these two things written in verses 10 through 12. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So one, we're told to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I think sometimes I I tend to give myself a little too much credit in my mind as if because I'm saved, I'm a Christian, I'm somehow in and of myself better able to handle things in life. However, we can't handle much, if anything, on our own, and we aren't being told just to be strong, but to be strong in the Lord and in his might. So we do that by putting on the whole armor of God in order to stand. So really, step one is ridding ourselves of that self-reliance and being dependent on what God gives us in order to be strong and stand against the schemes of the devil. And then number two, We want, we have to remember that in this battle, it's not a physical battle. It's all in the spiritual realm. And this might seem a bit unfair to us just because like, we're not angels. We can't see into the spiritual realm as if it's like physical, but the odds are completely loaded in our favor because greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world, right? We're told that in first John four, four. So we're able to fight successfully with the equipment and the equipping that God gives us. If we lose focus on this fact though, we can basically be left spiritually naked in battle. And then we end up fighting the very people whom we're supposed to be showing God's love to. It's a spiritual battle. It needs spiritual armor and spiritual weapons. All right, so the whole armor of God. So we'll read this section verses uh, 13 through 18a. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So God gives us this armor freely, but we are required to take it up in order to use it and be effective in standing firm. So let's break this down a little more. We've got the belt of truth that girds up our pants, so to speak. Uh, When the soldiers back in the day used to go into battle, they would gird up their loins, which (laughs) let's be real. The the tunics were like dresses, right? So they had to use these belts so that their tunics could be, uh, in essence, kind of made into like pant-like. They'd put it... uh, wrap it between their legs and then stick it around their waist. And this would enable them to fight so that they wouldn't be tripping over this dress like tunic. And truth keeps us uh, focused. So we're not deceived and we're not tripping or falling into deception and sin. When we hear something that's not true, we'll be girded and ready with the truth, who is also the way and the life, which is Jesus. Uh, We have the breastplate of righteousness. This covers our major internal organs, namely our heart. Our heart is deceitful in and of itself. We know that it is deceitful. Um, the Bible tells us that in Proverbs. And our emotions can often just mess with us, reminding us of our past failures. Um, it just like gets our stomach in knots, just making us want to curl into this big ball of shame. But as new creations in Christ, we don't wear our own righteousness. We're robed in Jesus Christ's righteousness. And we can stand tall in his righteousness in, the, in our battle position, knowing the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. We have our feet with the shoes of the readiness given by the gospel of peace. We're ready to march into any battle, knowing that our shoes are not going to wear thin because the gospel for us is the same yesterday as it is today, as it will be tomorrow. We have a hope and we're ready to give a reason for that hope to everyone we come in contact with. And as we go through these battles, it's our God of peace Who gives us his peace. We have the shield of faith. In which we can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And that we're told to take up in all circumstances. If you've ever seen those movies with like old Roman soldiers. They used to carry uh, full body shields into war. And they could stop at any moment and just plant that down and take cover. As the enemy archers would be sending over these like sea of arrows at them. And we too, we have a shield. It's our faith. Which is the assurance of things hoped for and conviction of things unseen, and with which it's impossible to please God without. We read that in Hebrews 11, uh, verses 1 and 6. Our faith is powerful, and even with only as much of a mustard seed, we're told we can move mountains. Then think of how effective that is against the lies that the enemy is shooting our way. Okay, we have the helmet of salvation. Our minds can often lead us into trouble when we try to like think and um, just overthink and over-rationalize everything to death. And the enemy is an excellent liar. I mean, he knows how to mix the perfect amount of truth with lies so it can become this concoction of, I mean, possibly an undetectable deceit. So we know, we know that we know that our salvation is 100% secure in Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible tells us in John uh, 10, 28 through 29, that no one can snatch us out of the father's hand. He's got us tightly gripped in there. And in 2 Corinthians one 22, it tells us that the Holy spirit is our guarantee. We are sealed with him so we can be sure. And we don't have to second guess in our minds and play that mental game with the enemy because we have our helmet of salvation. Next, we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If you're in battle, like a real physical battle, would you ever put down your sword? I mean, me either. I would be gripping that thing so tightly, I, I would be taking it with me everywhere. The same should hold true for our spiritual sword, which is both our offensive and our defensive weapon. We have to realize, too, that the devil tries to use the word of God against us sometimes, but it's always done in deceit. Satan will twist and add things, take things out from God's word and attempt to basically sword fight with us. And when he's that close, it's often very personal just like it was when he was tempting Jesus in the wilderness in Luke 4. We need to be a Berean, actively seeking the truth and testing every spirit, being prudent in attention to use our armor in conjunction together. It's essential. And the sword is sharper than any two-edged sword and can not only fight against the enemy, but God uses it to do surgery on our hearts, cutting away that sin and all the muck from us on the battlefield. And we have prayer and supplication in the spirit. Prayer is oftentimes regarded as kind of this last resort option, but it is actually a very powerful weapon that we should be using in conjunction with our swords. Prayer for ourselves, prayer for the saints, prayer for others. The really cool thing about prayer too is you you can fight spiritual battles like all over the world. We can pray anywhere at any time. And prayers are kind of like these targeted missiles that the enemy can't do anything about. We could be physically paralyzed. We could be unable to talk and we can still offer a prayer and supplication in our hearts to God. So this section on the whole armor of God, it ends with a final word of instruction. So it says, uh, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints so we can't dig a hole and just like stick our heads in it or wear our armor and just chill at home forever, right? We have to keep alert with all perseverance. Not to mention, we have a promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But think about this, since when do gates move? So that means we, we need to be, as the church, not stuck in a building all the time. We have to get out and storm those gates of hell knowing that we're going to be victorious if we just get out there and fight. My dear friend, Jesus had said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few, and that we should be praying to the Lord of harvest to send out labors. And in Isaiah, the vision that he had in Isaiah 6, it says God's calling, whom shall I send? And are we going to be like Isaiah to respond, here I am, send me? I encourage you pray for the saints, keep alert, persevere in just moving beyond the walls of the church building and fulfilling your ministry of reconciliation. And always wear the full armor of God that you may be able to stand strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might.